We've got another offensive coordinator candidate to talk about. Some guys who are eligible for the draft who have decisions to make. And a couple more guys entering the transfer portal for Texas A&M. And we're going to talk about all of it on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies. Your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks so much for making Locked On Aggies your first listen. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And we're also available on YouTube. So if you're listening on the audio side, go ahead and pause the show, go over to YouTube, click the little subscribe button there. We'd really appreciate it. And we have another idea for a potential offensive coordinator candidate for Texas A&M for going into the 2023 season. And we're going to talk about this position a lot. We've talked about it throughout the season. We talked about it on yesterday's show, and we're going to continue to talk about it as we go. Even once they make the hire, we're going to talk about the importance of this position. And that candidate, the guy that didn't have my eye necessarily when we had the conversation earlier in the year about midseason, once it became very obvious that this was something they needed to do. But the idea, and and who knows how realistic this is, we'll find out. The idea is Garrett Riley, the offensive coordinator for TCU. And now if if you guys know anything about what TCU is doing this year, it is unbelievable. They're 12 and 0, or finished the, the regular season 12 and 0. They're third in the AP poll. They're in the top four in the college football playoff. They are one of the best teams in college football, hands down, far and away, no holds barred. And that's that's unbelievable. That's fantastic for them especially, you know, new head coach, all this kind of stuff going on. Sonny Dykes comes in, brings in Garrett Riley with him, and those guys and Max Duggan and the crew take this team to the college football playoff, more than likely. And that's unbelievable. And and this, this offense for TCU is fourth in the country, in scoring, averaging 41.3 points per game. Now imagine taking an offense that's 41 points per game, plugging the A&M talent level into it at quarterback with Connor Wigman, at wide receiver with Moose Muhammad, Evan Stewart, the rest of the guys they have around them, at tight end with Donovan Green, Jake Johnson, Theo Orstrom, those guys, they're averaging 275 yards through the air and 200 yards rushing, 198 and a half yards specifically rushing per game. On a total yardage basis, they're only 16th in the country, 
475, almost 400 and, oh, excuse me, 473 yards. Misread the line there. But when you consider the fact that A&M is 94th on that list in 2022, it's extremely easy to see just how explosive that TCU offense has been. I mean, Max Duggins completed 67% of his passes for over 3,000 yards, 29 touchdowns, and three interceptions. Like, that's that's an unbelievable quarterback season. The yardage is is relatively low, but he's only got 330 attempts. So he's only got, you know, 25 attempts per game, something like that. 30 attempts per game passing. That includes the other guys, though. So 30 attempts passing for the for the team for the year. That is he's played extremely well. And we believe that Connor Wigman has the talent and the ability, the physical ability, the mental makeup, and the willingness to work to reach or exceed that level of production. And so Garrett Riley feels like a very obvious candidate. Now, as an update on the overall search, we don't really know specific names of guys that they are speaking with right now, but we do know, um, thanks to, you know, there are some guys who do this type of work who are extremely close on a day-to-day basis to the Texas A&M football program. There's an organization, Texags is an unbelievable organization, what Billy Leachy and his guys over there have built. The Texags office is quite literally across the street from the Bright Athletic Complex and from Kyle Field. So these guys are very close. And according to Billy Leachy, um, There are conversations taking place with a group of offensive coordinator candidates and a very, 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 very important point within those conversations. Whoever he hires as the offensive coordinator, according to Billy, will be calling plays on Saturdays. And that's really the the biggest point in the whole thing, because taking that level of duty off of Jimbo Fisher's plate, putting it onto an offensive coordinator. What that means is that means that on a day-to-day basis, because usually there's a philosophy that you'll hear some coaches talk about that whoever installs the offense in practice should call the offense on game day. And What that means is that if you are a head coach who is going to call offensive plays, either you need to be installing the plays in practice and in meetings, which means that you have to devote almost all of your time on a weekly basis in season and in fall practices and in spring football and all that kind of stuff with the offense, specifically a lot of times with the quarterbacks. or you are acting as a CEO head coach during the week and then calling plays in an offense that you may not have been all that involved with at the granular level in terms of putting the game plan together. And that is how you get these inconsistencies, these incongruities, those sorts of things in an offensive game plan. So for A&M to be 
for Jimbo Fisher to be talking to these offensive coordinator candidates, and I sure hope Garrett Riley is one of them, and we've talked on another episode before about some other guys that we'd like to see them at least have conversations with. The fact that he's having those conversations with candidates and that in those conversations, it's become very clear whoever takes this job will be calling offensive plays. That alone, that synergy alone from the meeting room with the quarterbacks more than likely because most, it's just the way it works. Most offensive coordinators who call plays also work special work specialize and work very closely with quarterbacks it's just how it works the quarterback is an extension of the offensive coordinator on the field those two guys have to be on the same page in order for things to work the right way those two guys work very closely together in the meeting room he installs it with the overall offense and the offensive meeting rooms they carry that to practice that same philosophy synergy work all of those details and conversations that have been discussed in those settings get carried to game day that synergy from the beginning of the install to the execution in the game is vital to a really really high quality efficient explosive offense so that seems to be the direction that AM is leaning and that's the direction that they should be leaning as they get ready for 2023. We're going to talk about the directions that some more guys are leaning when it comes to the NFL draft. There are some Aggies that are eligible for the draft that have some decisions to make, and there's some pretty big names in that group. We're going to talk about those right after I tell you guys about another big name, an extremely important name, and that is Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Now, there are some guys, and we heard from McKinley Jackson, junior defensive tackle, who has already said, I'm coming back for 2023. He's going to come back for a senior season without going to the NFL draft. Fantastic news for the defensive front. The offensive front has another guy who is eligible for the NFL draft. That's Layden Robinson. He's the only offensive lineman currently who started or played a significant role this year, who is eligible for the NFL draft. Um, I think the general sentiment among those who are close to the program and and what we're hearing is that Layden is going to wind up coming back. He's going to wind up staying as well. I think he probably feels like there were some injury things that happened in 2022. There were some um, inconsistencies in his play in 2022 that are going to hurt him in terms of his draft stock at the next level, he's going to decide to stay. That's one of the big names who, I mean, he's been a fixture at right guard. I think he started 20 games in the last two years at right guard. So that's a big 
deal because what that means is that means you can roll into winter and you can roll into spring ball. Whenever you get Bryce Foster back from his injury, now you're talking about five offensive linemen with now experience, five offensive linemen, most of which have played together. You've also got a good amount of young offensive linemen who weren't ready to play this year in terms of some freshmen who will have the opportunity to develop. You've got an opportunity to hopefully have what was a weakness and a concern for most of the year in 2022, then play their best game against LSU as a unit, as a group, and then come back in 2023 with a full another year of development. Now there is a good chance they will have an, another offense, a new offensive line coach for the second year in a row because Steve Adazio was signed to a one-year contract when he joined AM, but we'll have to see what direction that goes. I think a lot of that pivots on our earlier conversation about who the offensive coordinator will be. For the rest of the offense, there's two massive names. One, Devon A. Chain. He was, without a doubt, AM's best offensive player for the entirety of 2022. He missed two full games with injury, um, had a second half of the Florida game where he was basically non-existent due to that same inter- injury. And in that period of time, or even with that consideration, finished third in the SEC and rushing with almost 1,100 yards. And you add on to that, or excuse me, with just over 1,100 yards, did tick over the 1,100-yard mark. 1,100 yards, 11 total touchdowns on offense, plus a kick return for a touchdown. He was just everything for this A&M offense at so many times, and he really showed up huge in the LSU game when they needed that type of performance to get that big win. And you would think that Devon, if Devon was thinking purely about himself, it's not, it's running back is a tricky position because at the NFL level, a high volume of carries can create a problem. It's going to shorten your career as a running back. He has the benefit of having been at A&M for two years as part of a, a split backfield. Um, with Isaiah Spiller, then had the opportunity to be the guy in 2022 and show that he could carry a big load. He carried the ball almost 200 times in 10 games, had another 36 receptions, guy had 230 total touches and almost 1,300 total yards. He showed he could carry a big load. He did get hurt, missed a couple of games, but showed he would come back, play tough, take 40 carries almost in the last game and be phenomenal. You would think that Devon is leaning towards going to the NFL after that performance, after what he did this year, the way his skill set fits, what the league is looking for in terms of the ability to create big explosive plays in the running game, which is a really big deal right now in the NFL because of the way these defenses are playing. But we do know that AM is working very hard to try to keep Devon A chain at AM. And we also know that AM fans and donors have the ability and the willingness, 
a lot of times to pony up and to do what they need to do to help the football program in these types of scenarios, talking about name, image, and likeness deals and things like that. The school collective would have to make it. I don't want to say the school collective. That's not the right way to say it. The, the NIL collective would have to make it worth Devon A. Chain coming back for one more year. What that number looks like financially, I don't know, but it's possible we know that he seems to be open to the idea of hearing um, about potentially coming back. Another guy who's got a really interesting decision to make is Anaya Smith. Anaya Smith, um, for several years, was most of the AM passing offense uh, for 2020-2021. Um, he was really the primary weapon for the first part of 2022 as Evan Stewart was coming along before Moose Muhammad really got his opportunity. Anaya Smith was the most reliable piece of the Aggies offense outside of Devon Aching, at least in the passing game, he was the most reliable piece of their offense. And then he got hurt and he blew out his knee. And so he's got, he's now got a decision to make based on his rehab process as to where he's at in that rehab, and is he going to be well enough in his recovery to take part in the NFL Combine towards the end of February, to take part in pro days in March and April to get ready for the NFL draft. And if he doesn't feel like he's going to be in a position to do that, he does have the opportunity to come back to AM, put another full season of tape, on display, and he's another guy with his ability to to play true wide receiver and run routes, both short, intermediate, and downfield, and then also line up in the backfield, take handoffs occasionally. I mean, they used the guy as a true lead-blocking fullback several times early in the season before he got hurt. So it's a guy that the NFL is going to covet. Um, He's probably not going to test like an elite, elite athlete, just like he wasn't an extremely, you know, he wasn't the all-world recruit coming into coming into college either. That will probably carry. He will probably provide more value to whatever team drafts him than the pick that they spend on him because of everything he can do offensively. But he's got to make that decision about whether he's better off allowing his knee to recover and coming back and trying to play a full season at AM. Or if he should just go to the draft, even if he gets drafted a couple of rounds lower because he can't test because of his knee, because he's not fully recovered, might miss the first part of training camp or something like that for his NFL team. We don't know what that might be. These are all the factors that go into it for him. Um, another guy who has a decision to make, um, Antonio Johnson. Um, Antonio Johnson, the defensive back, was, you know, A&M's probably best defender for most of the season. Um, he also missed some time due to injury. Um, he plays this really cool position that is also very valuable at the NFL level where he plays defensive back. He has the ability to cover. He's a bigger player, but he also – because of his size, he has the ability to participate in the run game in a way that 
a lot of cornerbacks don't. He also has a willingness, had five tackles for loss, I think, this year uh, for a and um, He has the ability to participate in the run fit on defense in a way that a lot of guys don't, and he has the ability to cover the way a lot of linebackers and safeties don't. So he fits this really cool mold of guys that are really important in the NFL level right now. There's a couple of other guys, Jalen Jones, Max Wright, a couple of other guys on top of those guys who have NFL draft decisions to make. We will keep an eye out for those decisions as they come. We will keep you guys up to date as we get them. Now, there have been a couple more guys enter the transfer portal for AM. We've got to talk about those too. It's Thursday as I record this. And on Thursday, I'm going to do my very, very best with his name, Tunmisa. Edele, the defensive end, war number 30 for AM, actually started the first two games of the season for AM at defensive end. He announced on Thursday he will be entering the transfer portal as well. Now, this is probably the first one of the, and really at this point, at least at the time of this recording, the only one of the eight players who are in who have declared themselves to be joining the transfer portal from AM who you were surprised maybe surprised by and um also might matter a little bit to AM in 2023. Like I said, he was the guy who lined up as a starter the first two games of the year before he was injured. Um, and missed most of the rest of the season. Played 64 defensive snacks, snaps, according to Pro Football Focus, in those first two games. And he's a guy who you would like to have come back and be a part of a two deep on the defensive line as one of those defensive ends. But I think what happened for Tunis is that he saw LT Overton step up in his absence. He saw Fadil Diggs step up in his absence and really Fadil had you know a couple of really fantastic games in the mid part of the year before he got hurt and I would really I, I really can't wait that's somebody we're going to talk about over the offseason that's somebody I cannot wait to see what he develops how he develops going into 2023 with these other guys they have one of the things AM has done incredibly well is recruit on the defensive line they continue to do that in 2023 with DJ Hicks that we talked about yesterday. But losing Toon Meese hurts. You don't, but we want to wish him the best. Wherever he goes, we hope he gets the opportunity. He probably looked around and saw those guys step up in his time um, and realized, probably spoke to the coaches and realized, you know what, my best opportunity to play is going to be elsewhere other than Texas A&M. And we, one of the things that we have been very consistent about on this podcast since we started it was we want what's best for these guys, and we want these guys to do what is be- what they feel like is best for them. Um, yes, we hope that that is also – in line with what is best for the Texas A&M football program. But ultimately, 
these guys have to do what they feel is best for themselves. So Toon Mies joins the transfer portal, and he is joined by his now, I guess, former teammate, um, and that's tight end Blake Smith, um, who's a sophomore from South Lake, Texas. Um, when you think about what this tight end group at AM looks like right now, it's pretty easy to see why um, why Blake would decide to go into the transfer portal. You have you have Donovan Green who really stepped up towards the end of the season, who is a true freshman. You have Jake Johnson who didn't really get a ton of opportunity this year, but was the highest ranked recruit of the tight ends who came in in 2022. You have Max Wright, who, as we mentioned last segment, is one of the guys who has a decision to make based on whether he goes to the draft or not. You have Theo Orstrom, the Swede, who probably, who may have as high of a ceiling as any of these guys. And I think we're likely to see a lot of next year. And then you also have Fernando Garza, who is a redshirt freshman, part of the 2021 class. Um, Nathan Figueroa, like when I tell you guys there are there is a ton of tight end depth on this team, there's a ton of tight end depth on this team. And what probably happened is that Blake Smith looked around and saw that and realized, you know what, my best bet is to go elsewhere. So those are the guys who are in the tran- who have been added to the transfer portal count for Texas A&M. Uh, guys, thanks so much for joining our show today. That's going to be our show. This is Locked on Aggies. I am your host, Joey Ikes. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked on Aggies. And please go check us out on YouTube at Locked on Aggies as well. And now that you've made Locked on Aggies your first listen, please go make sure you check out Locked on Sports today for the biggest games of the day, the biggest stories in sports of the day, and instant reactions, game recaps, and the take of the day. That's where you can find it. Locked on sports today available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. We will see you next time.